to me even though I am not your real mom <laughs> or your other real mom just the fun babysitter I'll let you stay up late and I'll say you had a bath even though you clearly didn't <laughs> um, I am uh, they were teasing me backstage that I'm like all bundled up with my huge scarf and jacket and everything actually on my way out of work tonight I was, I was walking out, and there were these two guys talking, and I had to kind of like walk between them, and I was like, what are you guys talking about? And one of them was like, oh, he's telling me about his crazy roommate situation. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard about it. <laughs> no thanks. And then the other guy was like, oh, man, look at you. You're so cold. And I was like, yeah, I can't take on other people's problems. <laughs> and then that guy was like, no, I meant your scarf. <laughs> you wear a lot of scarves. And I was like, well, both are true. <laughs> I am emotionally cold and chilly all the time. I run a little chilly. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I am emotionally cold. I, I feel like I'm a, I'm a comic, and so like all my friends are comics. So maybe, my, maybe I hear this more than you do, but like all my friends are always like, I'm depressed. <laughs> I have depression. I am depressed. And I understand a lot of people do have like clinical depression that's serious I have in the past but also I feel like I hear it so often I'm kind of like yeah how, hap how happy do you think people are supposed to be <laughs> I feel like you're expecting a lot like you're like ah, top of the roller coaster all the time like no <laughs> no there's a lot of well this is boring <laughs> I'm like oh I spilled my soup <laughs> oh no Maybe if this is how, if everybody's feeling th this feeling, this, this is like depressed, maybe this is happy. <laughs> maybe what we're feeling is actually just happy. <laughs> but it's not as good as when you're a kid and you try sugar for the first time. <laughs> that kind of ruins everything for the rest of your life. I feel like. They shouldn't let kids try sugar until they've had sex. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't speak for you, but I know my first time I was like, oh, lollipops were better. Um, <laughs> what's fun for me is knowing that my, the person I, I had did that with the first time is not in this audience, but he could download this podcast. <laughs> what's up, Brian? Um, you guys marching? You guys, you guys at, out protesting? You pro that, that feels like the wrong thing now. You, you protesting? <laughs> protesting is the wrong thing. Just you got to be careful with, with your arm movements for it. A uh, little, little, little inhaled fist. That's for the podcast people. Um, yeah, you're protesting. I I went to the first. I went to the women's march, and then they've all been so the little marches are so like fast and furious. And I feel like they're parties I'm not getting invited to. <laughs> I feel like people are like, oh my God, were you not at the Workers for Lives March? <laughs> oh, we totally meant to tell you about it. <laughs> mm, it was at the city police place. <laughs> like, I don't even know what that is, man. I mean, it, it, it's fair. I went to the Women's March like a full-on goblin. <laughs> because I missed my friends. It was so hard to coordinate. You had to leave with your friend group and get there. You couldn't meet up. You can't meet up at a march like that. So I was just there by myself, like, scurrying around corners. <laughs> like, ooh, does anyone need an extra lady friend? No? Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't want to take selfies because that felt like a think piece. <laughs> like... <laughs> That I would take one and someone take a would take a picture of me next to like a like a like a crying Native American baby and I'd be like, well, sure. 
thing. I mean, I'm, uh, I came here a white lady because I am one. <laughs> but by being a goblin there, I did get to eavesdrop on lots of people. Got to listen to all these conversations and judge people. Ooh. Ooh, it judged so hard. The signs, too. For instance, I don't have any children, but I imagine that the feeling that you have when you walk into a classroom and find out that your kid bit somebody that day, that's the feeling I have when I see a white girl with a sign that says, there's one race, human. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> She didn't learn that from me. <laughs> I am sorry about that. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going to take her home and yell at her. <laughs> because in our house, we believe that there are lots of cultures that all deserve learning about and respecting. <laughs> oh, don't do that. <laughs> I also overheard, like, oh, man. This got me. Guys, more than once, it would be bad enough if I heard this once, but more than once, I overheard couples, like a, a, a guy and a girl, and the guy saying to his girlfriend, yeah, babe, no, I know, but it's just like, like semantically, I feel like the term should be humanist. <laughs> what? How did you get here today? <laughs> I just wanted to walk by all of them and be like, don't touch a stick. touch it. You can snap it with the back of your hand. That's it. That is the only contact allowed until he learns. Don't touch it. But dudes have a hard time figuring out how to fit in to the women's movement, to progressiveness. Because every time a guy says, stands up for women's rights, especially on online, they like say something for women's rights. There's always all these dudes who show up and are like, oh, white knighting. White knighting. He's just trying to fuck you. He's just saying that because he's trying to fuck you. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I will fuck you for that. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> like, what are the other ways dudes try to get us to fuck them? Like, uh, negging, pills, standing up for women's rights? Oh, yeah, I'll fuck you for that. <laughs> I'll do the weird stuff. <laughs> Because that's how they learn. We all got to work together. Mm-hmm. Anywho. <laughs> Segway. You guys seen these uh, crates online? These boxes? Subscription boxes? The crates. Your subscription thing. You pay like 25 bucks a month. And they're like, you like owls? We'll send you owl stuff. <laughs> What are you into? Crystals? We got you, man. (laughs) Bunch of crystal shit. (laughs) It's not the stuff that you would have picked or decided to pay this much for. (laughs) But we'll wrap each one up in tissue paper and send it to your house. And you got an identity. (laughs) I kept getting ads for them, and I was like, this is so stupid. Who would ever do this? Never do this. This, like, this is an insane way to spend your money. This is... only a complete idiot would do this, but then. I was like, I don't know, maybe I need variety. So I signed up for one. But don't worry, guys, I didn't sign up for a stupid one. I signed up for single girl swag. And they sent me a little dish that said, you go, girl, and I smashed it on my own head. No, I didn't. I should have. But I, instead, I, I put rings and bobby pins in it. Because <laughs> I do go! <laughs> uh, I could have just named it Stay Single Forever Swag. <laughs> I'm so mad at this box. But I also can't wait for the next one. <laughs> what if they send me a face mask? I could never buy that on my own. How would I? Where would I find it? Uh, yeah. So, I am single. What? <laughs> I know, I, I spoilered it. Uh, but I'm enjoying being single, not just for the boxes. Um, 
up because it's the first time I've been single for a long time, for like a significant amount of time as an adult. So I was one of those people who just kind of went from relationship to relationship. Um, a serial monogamist, they say. Which, people shit on that term and make fun of it. And I don't think that's fair. I think it's actually a really nice term for, uh, I'm super down with raw dogging. Because <laughs> condoms suck! <laughs> they do. I mean, you, they, you know, you should, you should use them, be careful about, like, disease, and be responsible about birth control, but, like, <laughs> also, like, who wants to kiss somebody through a shower curtain, you know what I'm saying? Um... <laughs> So that's important. And I feel like it's important for me to say that as a woman because it's something that always gets laid on men. It's always like men or like, like they tell you in sex ed classes when you're a, ki- when you're a girl. They're like, you know, ladies, ladies. What if I was like <laughs> down the floor? Like two-year-olds, I don't know. Um, ladies. Boys are gonna tell you that they don't feel as good. But, you know, that's just because they don't like fucking mannequins. Um, <laughs> like, they talk to us like like we are trees with holes bored in us. <laughs> that's just like, I don't know, dick squirrels, we can't feel the difference. <laughs> like, no. So meet someone nice, get tested, get them good at pulling out. Um, or maybe, maybe scientists focus on male reproduction. Male, con- yeah, thank you. Male birth control, male ca- contraception. I don't know, I'm not a, sci- I don't, a scientist, I don't know how to do it. In my mind, picturing it, it's like a, it's like a thumbtack up the dick hole. But I don't know. <laughs> but I'm not a scientist. <laughs> that's why we need scientists working on this, because otherwise it's up to me, and I feel like that's not the right answer. <laughs> but I'm not totally sure. Are you guys ready to see some other comics? All right. Um, your next comedian, uh, he is one of my faves because I like tall people, um, and he's very funny. Please put your hands together for Matt Ingebretson. Matt Ingebretson. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I've tried online dating, too. I was talking to some guy on, on the, one of the apps. And he was like, hey, how about, uh, here's my phone number if you want to talk to me some other time. And I was like, okay, whatever, here's mine. Because I was like really tired. And I was like, I got to go to bed. And then that dude texted me at 8 a.m. the next morning. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> and I still have not texted back because I don't know what to write back besides never text me again. <laughs> so things are going well is what I'm saying. You guys ready for another comic? All right, uh, she's one of my favorites. Please put your hands together for Brooke Van Poplin. All right. Oh, this, I think the show has taken a little bit of a turn theme-wise. Uh, let's talk about being sad and single. Let's just go there. I was going to talk about that toward the end. Let's come right out of the gates with it. Um, I'm out of my, like, 18th relationship, not to brag. Um, yeah, I destroy relationships. That girl on Tinder destroys dicks. I just destroy relationships. Um, it's hard because I was just, uh, you know, kind of off the market for five solid years. Uh, and now I'm back. And I'm just sort of like a shitty version of your OS uh, system (laughs) that you forgot to update on your Mac. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do the things, but I'm kind of slow and don't get references. And, you know, (laughs) it's weird. I'm out there. I'm 38 years old. And right now, all that's available for me are 32-year-olds because men my age are about to get out of their first shitty marriage. And I just have to wait (laughs) to scoop them up for a few more years. But right now, the pool is a little bit younger (laughs) than I want it to be but I'm trying like so desperately to be cool and down with the young folk which if that's not a giveaway that I said that right now I don't know I'm trying to be hip with the kids um you know so I'll, I'll be out there dating or whatever and I'll be like yeah what's up use lingo like I'm DTF <laughs> that means down to fuck right okay great you know like or, or I don't know like what they're into I'm like or MIT move in together <laughs> I don't know what to do um nobody likes the MMP maybe meet parents nope nobody wants to do that um 
and I, when I do date and hook up or whatever, like I, you know, because I'm trying to do the thing where aren't, don't you young people, you're like emotions, <laughs> no thanks. Um, so you don't have any of those as a female. That's dating rule number one: no emotions. You don't give a fuck, you know. All right, that's just like so. I was like, cool, got that unlocked. So like. I'll like hook up with a guy or something, you know, we're done. I'm like, I already called the Uber later, you know, and he's like, you don't have to go. I'm like, oh, great. I brought bags and it's, oh God, I got a key when you weren't looking. Um, I move fast. Uh, I do. I do. Um, so I just got to L.A. about a year ago. I lived in Brooklyn for a decade. Uh, so I'm a broken person. Thank you. Um. So I, I still have like a ridiculous sort of shitty New York attitude, but it just sounds very silly in Los Angeles because it's, it's a different pace of life. And, and I really, really like it. But I find myself sounding so stupid because I'll get like really worked up over things. I'll be like, hey, lady, you mind putting out that Palo Santo stick? You know, and it just sounds really aggressive over such a soft, wonderful thing. Uh, you know, she's just trying to commune with spirit, you know, and I'm being so mean, you know, like, hey, buddy, there's room in here for everybody. Everyone's going to get their chance to buy moon rocks and crystals. Um, you know, you guys all have rocks in your pockets, right? I do. Got to keep that tiger's eye. Um, you rub it to calm yourself down, right? Okay. So, yeah, learning some new things. Um, for me in Los Angeles, the new walk of shame is uh, leaving an audition. Um, that's a fun thing I do. <laughs> I just, like, go back out in the street afterwards, <laughs> makeup running down my face. I don't know why. I'm missing a shoe. I'm like, God, I wanted it so bad. What was I thinking? Um, it's a little... Okay, none of you. It's terrible. Don't audition. Um, it's not going well. Uh, that's an insider joke. Or it's not funny. It doesn't matter. Um, I'm trying it. I'm trying it, guys. Ugh. Christ almighty. I, I, so, like, everyone here is definitely very in shape in Los Angeles, which, uh, you know, is intimidating because, like, I'm thin, but I'm, like, New York thin, which is, like, I don't know, like, it's like a diet of rage and cigarettes. Like, it's not, it's not good, you know? It's, just, it's gross. And so, uh, you know, you're out here and sudden, suddenly you're like, whoa, like, I see all the muscle groups, like, for the first time on bodies. And then it gets mad. I'm like, get a fucking hobby. Oh, your body's your hobby. Okay, my bad. Um, but like so I just feel a little inspired to get more in shape and you know there's always the friends who are like you could whip your ass into shape if you did CrossFit you know <laughs> which is like fine we get it everyone talks about CrossFit I'm like okay yeah I'll do CrossFit if uh, you can agree with me that people who do CrossFit are the Scientologists of the workout world <laughs> can we all thank you <laughs> right I'm not wrong I'm not wrong. I, like, these workouts, it's like L. Ron Hubbard himself designed them. I don't know if you've been in one of... The, the gyms look like this stage. Uh, and L. Ron Hubbard was writing his Sermon on the Mount, you know, which was CrossFit. You know, he's like, give me 50 burpees. Flip over this tractor tire. Stop talking to your family. Build me a ship. It's really, like, aggressive, particular <laughs> workout. Um, but, dude, you burn mad calories when you're scrubbing barnacles off an illegal tugboat. You know what I'm saying? You do. When you're evading taxes, sailing the seas. <laughs> Everyone else in that cult, oh, you get fit. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's pretty excellent. Yeah. I, uh, I, I just got back to Los Angeles uh, a day ago. And every time I travel, do you guys do this? This is a little favorite thing I do. Uh, I like to get blackout drunk and then pack my suitcase. <laughs> Anyone else do that? And then you arrive to your destination, open up your suitcase, and suddenly getting dressed has become an episode of Chopped. You're like, oh, my God. These are very difficult items to work with. <laughs> Talk, you know, turns into a reality show like Tim Gunn appears for no reason. He's like, all right, Brooke, you must put together an outfit for a job interview using a crock, a bikini bottom, and a wool Navajo poncho. Make it work, you know. And let me tell you something. When you show up for an interview wearing one crock, a bikini bottom, and a Navajo poncho, <laughs> you get hired at the container store. Okay, my friends? You get that job. You know what I'm saying? Because you walk in, they're like, hello, self-starter. <laughs> Man, it's great. Um, I do love the container store. Are you familiar? Is that kind of? Yeah? One fucking come so hard for organization. You know what I'm saying? 
home. It's morning. Um, but this is a fun thing I do. Uh, I like to go to the container store because uh, they promise that they they can meet all your organizational needs. I'm like, we'll see about that. Like to throw an employee a little curveball. You know what I'm saying? It's a fun game. So I walk in. I'll look for someone who apparently is not having a good day. And I'll be like, hi, excuse me. Yes. I was wondering if you could help me organize my web of lies. They've spiraled out of control. Um, it's funny. What, what do you suggest? Some drawers? Uh, you know, it's fun to watch them slowly back away from me. Um, so I'm going to get out of here on this. I, uh, I have a lot of tattoo anxiety. Uh, I haven't done a great job um, doing it. You know, I've got this thing on my arm. Couldn't tell you what that means. Been there a long time. Uh, and then... You know how it is, ladies, when you're like in your early 20s, what do we all do, right? We kind of lower back, you get Elvis Presley on your back, right? That's what, except it looks like Mario Lopez, <laughs> Bill Clinton, I don't know, Beavis or Butthead. What do we, what do we think, right? Everyone had their rockabilly phase, right, ladies? Am I right? Everyone has their rockabilly phase. Classic teen move. And uh, so, like, I, like, what the fuck? Like, these tattoos have stopped me from getting any more. You know what I'm saying? But now I'm in my late 30s. I'm like, I can do it right. I'm like, back in the game. I'm like, I won't fuck it up this time. But it's so hard to know what even matters or like means anything to you. I've changed like 18 times since then. I'm like, what would be meaningful? Like, my credit score, like, on my arm? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you even fucking get at this age? And I, I was just like, God, this is so ridiculous. Because also, when you are visibly tattooed, it is a contract you sign to remain cool, right? Wouldn't you agree? And that is so much pressure. That is so much pressure because I have a dormant Midwestern gene that could mutate any fucking minute. You know what I'm saying? I could be covered in tats, right? I'm from Michigan, okay? And you wake up one morning with an aggressive mom haircut, a Santa bear vest that's crocheted, and you're like, okay, who wants chili? And you're having people over for dinner. They're like, well, what's this? You're like, oh, this one. It says bipolar. Fun story. It's when I was really into Screamcore. But okay, anyways, everyone sit around this gosh darn card table. We got to get some euchre started. Um, so I don't know what to do. Thank you. You know, Midwestern. I just don't think I can do it. But uh, I'm a big Bob Dylan fan, so the one thing I was thinking was, uh, I love the song It Ain't Me, Babe, um, also because I'm sad and unlovable. And I thought <laughs> that'd be a fun thing to get, you know, tattooed in, like, tiny cursive somewhere. And uh, I was like, yeah, It Ain't Me, Babe. That's kind of, you know, it's a little nihilistic. But um, then my friend was like, why don't you just get the words Tiny Dylan lyrics tattooed on here? It's like, fuck yeah. So next time I see you, I'll show you that tat. Thank you. I'm Brooke. <laughs> I'm super jealous. I want that tattoo now. I knew a girl when I was in high school who would tell everybody, she'd be like, oh, I've got the best move at frat parties. And first of all, I was like, ooh, that, that is leaving. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, no. I, I tell people, um, I have a little tattoo right here, right in my crotch. It's a little mouse. Do you want to see it? And then she would check for it, and she'd be like, oh, my God, it's not there. I guess the pussy ate it. <laughs> She died in a fire, guys. Don't you feel bad now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, your next comic! <laughs> He's really great. Uh, please put your hands together for one of my favorites, Brent Sullivan. Oh. Thanks, everyone. What do you say we keep it going one more time for everyone you've seen here tonight? Um, so, uh, I drink. I drink a lot. I'm looking to take my drinking to the next level soon. Um, but like many of us, when I drink, I like to send out outstanding, gregarious text messages to friends of mine celebrating the fact that I'm, that I'm drunk. <laughs> but about a year ago, I discovered there was one particular group of friends of mine that had never been sexually harassed at any point in their lives. <coughs> obviously straight men. <laughs> So almost as reparations for all the times they've sexually harassed my female friends, I saw it more as my duty to get as drunk as possible, as much as possible, and send them text messages that challenged the boundaries of our friendship. 
And I want to read a couple of my favorites for you right now. Um, <clears throat> so here's a text that I sent my friend Joe like three weeks ago. <clears throat> Just so you know, I'm having a no shirts party in my bedroom. <laughs> and you're the only one invited. <laughs> Fun fact about Joe, he's married to a girl. Fun fact about me, I actually refuse to take my shirt off under any circumstances. <laughs> including when I go swimming alone in my parents' fenced-off backyard pool. Uh, this next text uh, was sent uh, two days later, which was a Monday at 3.45 in the morning, because that's how my life is going. It was sent to my friend, Steve. <clears throat> Let's listen to Enya and come, okay? <laughs> No response. Um, Steve didn't write back. My favorite text was sent many moons ago, and it reads exactly as follows. <clears throat> Let's get a hotel room. <laughs> I'll bring the wine. You bring the butthole. Jesus. I'm not kidding, that last one was sent to my doctor's landline. Uh, <laughs> so. Not too bad. Uh, I guess if I was going to give any advice to someone who's about to open up a gay bar, <clears throat> it would be just maybe cool it with the name of the bar. <laughs> Doesn't have to be the most sexually aggressive term you've ever heard in your entire life. <clears throat> Literally had this conversation with friends before. Hey, uh, you guys want to go to that new bar, Buttholes? With a Z? I've heard Thursday's wet underwear night. Moisten your underwear with a watering can at the door. Get in for free. Otherwise, cover charge is $600. <laughs> I'm not loving her energy right now, guys, but uh, I guess I have no choice but to prattle through. <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a bit of a hypochondriac. I always think that I'm dying. Like, I always, I'm always convinced that I'm dying. So I make long lists of things to talk to my doctor about. Uh, and I'm getting a physical on Friday. Found the list. First thing on the list, just the word diarrhea. <laughs> Bit of a fun backstory, though. So historically, I have a ton of diarrhea. And then out of the blue, it just kind of stopped. And that really worried me. I think I'm dying because of a dearth of diarrhea. Guys, come back next week. Or the week after, pending test results. To find out if I'm dying from a dearth of diarrhea. <laughs> I, uh, I, I recently quit, uh, well, it was for a short period of time, but I stopped masturbating. Because um, I thought I was doing it a little bit too much. And I thought, uh, yeah, don't get all weird. Uh, and I thought that by quitting, it would make me more sensual uh, and sensitive. It didn't. Um, <laughs> But it did give me more wet dreams. Any 12-year-old boys in the crowd familiar <laughs> with what that is? Wet dream is when you have an orgasm in your sleep because you're particularly horny. The, the downside of wet dreams is that they can happen to you at any point. They can happen to you when you're sleeping at home. They can happen to you during a nap on a cross-country flight. Um, <laughs> Los Angeles to New York. Uh, anyone here ever woken up and then immediately made eye contact with a stranger while climaxing? <laughs> well, yeah. It's weird. Not as weird as changing your underwear in the bathroom, but uh, <clears throat> it's fine. I did. I flew to New York last week. 
flew back. Got the line. Flew back. Um, sat down on the plane. Turned off my phone. Immediately thinking I've got a six-hour flight in front of me. By the time I land, I'm going to have so many emails and so many texts. It's going to be the best thing that's... I mean, Hollywood's going to... I'm going to have voicemails from agents and managers. I land. One new email. It was from Dave and Buster's, guys. (laughs) I don't know how to make that a little bit more exciting for you all, but... uh, it's a work in progress sometimes, guys. I'd be happy to autograph any headshots anyone might have brought of me to the show tonight. <clears throat> After the show. I woke up in the middle of the night the other night, and I went to the bathroom, but I was very hungry. So on the way back, I put four Oreos in my mouth, and then I fell asleep <laughs> on my back before I finished chewing. <laughs> You might be wondering, how do you know you did this? How do you remember doing such a thing? Which is a fair question. Oh, because I woke up around ah, three seconds later, <laughs> choking to death. <laughs> you know, just dying in my bed. <laughs> no big deal. It's weird because I've heard like the, I've heard this said before: the most dangerous place to be is at home because so many bad things can happen at home. And it's like, I get it, because, case in point, guys, recently, not trying to brag, I masturbated. (laughs) Broke the slump, masturbated. And I brought things to completion, as I almost always do. And then when I got up, and I do masturbate lying down, because I'm pretty depressed. uh, (laughs) When I got up, I actually slipped in a pool of lotion that I had spilled. (laughs) Fell down and slammed my head into the wall. Like, what if that's how I died? What if after 30 years on this planet, that is how I died? And I've thought about it a lot. I think the cops would have just lied to my parents. I think they would have called my mom and been like, ma'am, I'm sorry to inform you, but um, your son was murdered. This morning, we think sometime between 10 and 10.30, someone snuck into his apartment, pulled down his pants, and in trying to shuffle to safety, he came on himself and collapsed. Very sorry for your loss. All right, that's it for me. Thanks, everyone. proud man um let's keep it going and bring out your next comic he's so funny please put your hands together for james austin johnson so brett was talking a lot about uh semen isn't it funny that boys can do that um well i am the owner of the building and it's always nice to get an opportunity to come by and See how everything is. These are great. These are, um, these are Smithson 352s. And I wanted a whole line of those when, when we got everything, when we got all the furniture in. I said, I want Smithsons. And uh, we're going to knock all that out. So there's not even going to be room for people over there. Um, going to get all that removed. We're going fully Spanish by... Um, 2018. You guys aren't into this at all. I, I, um, and that's weird, though. And I'm sorry. I will do comedy. And I'm sorry I'm talking so much about the properties that I manage and own. Um, but it's part of my life. So get the fuck over it. Um, but you want to, me to do comedy. Um, shit. Oh, yeah. That's right. I do, I, do, I do comedy in my spare time. So it's, it's not hard at all. Uh, You know what? I was having a dynamite comedy set just crushing, demolishing, changing hearts and minds exactly like this. Um, The other night, I was just sort of having the set of my life. And a young woman was very impressed. Uh, I don't know if you specifically have dealt with this issue before. Maybe you can confirm for me. When you are flirting with someone in a noisy bar and you can't quite hear them, 
don't you think that that situation might be ripe for a lot of comical misunderstanding? What do you think? Yeah, you might write a joke about it. <laughs> if it happened to you and you happen to be a comedian. Right? Like I said, just crushing hard exactly like this. Um, and a young woman was super into it. And she was... We were, we were in the bar part after the show. We were dancing. There was a loud Fetty Wap song playing the whole time. I don't know if you're familiar with the one-eyed rapper Fetty Wap song. Fetty Wap song was playing. I couldn't quite hear her. She was like, hey, are you a fire crotch? And uh, the song was loud. And I was like, I'm sorry, did you ask me if I'm a fire cross? And then she was like, what? And I was like, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm confused. Did you ask me if, A, if... I have red pubic hair that matches the red normal hair on top of my head, or B, if I stand in people's yards on behalf of the Ku Klux Klan. And then I have no clue why I said this next part. Then I said, well, ma'am, consider me a double threat. And then she said, what? a loud Fetty Wap song playing. She was like, what? And then I was like, I am in the KKK. <laughs> and we made love. Eye contact, romantic. A lot of kissing, a lot of kissing after. No one's been in love? No one's been in love in here? That should get a little bit of a laugh if you've ever loved a fucking person. <laughs> kissing after. Think about that one. These damn slutty millennials, you guys, find someone and nail them down. <laughs> tell you what, if you meet, if you meet, tell you what, tell you what, sir, if you meet a special lady or boy or so, whoever, meet somebody and you ask them Beatles or Stones and they say the fucking kinks, you nail them to the ground, dude. Remember that. <laughs> All right? It's a good person. Y'all ever get those green bananas? You know what I'm talking about? The green bananas? You ever opened a green banana, tried to open a green banana? Unnecessarily brutal, violent procedure. Feels like you're snapping a little bird's neck. Opening a green banana. Get to Trader Joe's right as it's about to close, all they got's the green bananas. And then you gotta, ah! But if, I mean, you know. Feels like opening, uh, feels like cracking a little bird's neck, but, but not enough. Not enough to stop me from killing all the little birds in my neighborhood. <laughs> I stay killing birds. What about you? Killing birds out here? Sorry, this, this is a weird. This, is, this has been a weird sub. This is, this is weird stuff. Weird, weird bad comedy. Um, I don't know uh, if you guys have ever been finishing the book uh, The Perks of Being a Wallflower before, but I was a couple weeks ago. I was finishing this young adult novel called The Perks of Being a Wallflower. And I thought aloud to myself, well, what traumatic shit have I been through that was just so fucking traumatic that my brain just deleted it immediately? You know, that happens to people. Something really fucked up happens to them or something, and then they just erase it. They're just straight to the recycle bin, empty recycle bin. <laughs> I was like, has that happened to me? And then um, later I was watching the movie Magnolia, like a three and a half hour emotional epic movie, Magnolia, a very artistic movie. Like halfway through Magnolia, I went, <laughs> I've seen the movie Magnolia before. <laughs> John C. Riley is very good in this movie. <laughs> this is a cool movie. <laughs> and then, um, like 15 minutes later into the movie, I was like, <laughs> I ran over a man in Kingman, Arizona, <laughs> three in the morning, eight years ago. Hit him with my heavy car going very fast in the dark where it was the desert and there was no one. And I couldn't get in trouble. I didn't actually do that. I feel like I... Or did I? No, I'm just <laughs> That's a terrible thing to do. Oh, man. I'm going to do... I want to do a couple little character voice things, I guess. Um, this is a joke about comedy. I love rap. 
I love rap. I love listening to rappers. Rappers say the craziest shit. You know what I mean? Rappers are always saying the craziest shit. The rappers should be the stand-up comedians. Based on the crazy shit I always hear rappers saying. There's this one song on the radio right now. I cannot get it out of my head. It bothers the fuck out of me. Maybe you guys know this song. It's that one that's, uh, that goes, uh, So I will sail my vessel Till the river runs dry Like a bird upon the wind These waters are my sky I'll never reach my destination If I never try So I will sail my vessel Till the river runs dry It's like, Fetty Wap, of course your lifestyle's driving me crazy. <laughs> You leave your dishes stacked up in the sink, and you're always inviting a lot of friends over very late at night on work nights. Fetty Wap, you're a bad roommate. <laughs> Joke about comedy, you like it, you don't like it. Um, something every, I gotta get out on something everybody like. All right. Looks like a Columbine age crowd in here. You guys might like this. Um, this so, so we remember that all that stuff happened, and it was very shitty. But what if... The Trenchcoat Mafia had one really sweet Southern guy that they had to kick out of the Trenchcoat Mafia because he was just too sweet. And I was just thinking about that, and that helps me deal with violence. So this is a um, sweet Southern guy who got kicked out of the Trenchcoat Mafia. All right, great. Yeah, I remember those guys. Those guys are pretty crazy. I mean, like, we would talk on IM after school and stuff. Like, I had, like, we would talk on IM and, like, we had Angel Fire blogs that we would, like, trade stuff and I'd look at their Angel Fire blog. I had an Angel Fire blog about, um, Dragon Ball Z and stuff. And, like, I'd build Doom levels. Like, they, the, I knew those guys loved playing Doom, so I'd, like, build Doom levels because I had a CPU that was, like, a good enough processor. Like, everyone could, like, get on the internet around then, but, like, not everybody had, you know, could do, like, like really hard processing that you'd have to do if you're like trying to design levels of doom and stuff and like so i let them play my doom levels and we talk on im and like one guy was like oh, i don't like such and such it's cool he's mean to me and then i get on the im i'd be like yeah i don't like him either he's mean to me too then another guy comes on the im and he's like i think we should bring a gun to school and then i'm like uh can we not <laughs> oh, can we not start bringing his guns to school <laughs> that is where i draw the line <laughs> And then they kicked him out before that awful American atrocity. I am James Austin Johnson. Thank you very much for your time. James Austin Johnson! I'm Southern too, but I'm not as Southern as he is. I don't think many people in the South are. Um, I do love when I go back to the South, uh, like girls in the South, they're good at some stuff. You cannot beat a southern girl for having novelty coasters. <laughs> Try. <laughs> Try. You might have to get a coaster with like a duck on it. It's not going to say, is it wine o'clock, though? Because <laughs> you got to go to the south for those. Also, uh, fucking big white beefcakes. Um, they're good at that. Oh, just for me? You guys haven't been to the south. <laughs> All right. Ugh, I'm making it shorter. The mic. You guys ready for another comic? She's so funny. Please put your hands together. Keep it going for Martha Kelly. Uh, hey, how about keep it going for James and Eliza and everybody who's come out tonight? Uh, for the stage. Um, I am... Um, I'm from California, but I've moved to Austin, Texas a few times. And one of the times that I moved there, I drove from L.A. to Austin with my four cats and my dog. And um, I, I rented an SUV, and I put these giant kennels in the back for the cats so that they would have food and water dishes and litter boxes and blankets and stuff. But even with all those amenities, there were a lot of angry accusations coming from the back of the car um, for a couple hours. And then they all got silent at, just at once, all of them. And um, that made me nervous because I didn't know if maybe they were planning something. So I pulled over and I called a family meeting and I just explained to the cats, like... I know this drive across country is difficult, but 
living in Austin again is going to make life better for all of us. And there is no in team. So get with it. Oh, thanks. Thanks, the three um, people with a lot of heart who tried to start an applause break and failed miserably. Uh, but I appreciate that you tried. Um, a little uh, trivia, um, all five of those pets are dead now, and, uh, um, and not from foul play, uh, they just, <laughs> they got old or old and sick, and, um, and, then you, and then you have to put them to sleep. That's the terrible monkey's paw deal of having cats and dogs, like, they're the sweetest companions, they're loyal and it's very uncomplicated and wonderful but unless you're lucky and they run out in the street and get hit by a car um you have to be the one to plan and pay for their murder and it feels terrible but you have to do it you can't let them you can't drag out their suffering and um um the first one to go um she was a little old lady cat, and her kidneys failed, and so I hired a vet to come to the house to do it so that um, she wouldn't have to go through the stress of, of the car ride and the vet's office. So this vet came over to my house, and I held my cat in my arms, and they gave her the shots, and she went very peacefully. And then the vet left, and then I just sat there holding my cat in my arms and crying for like a half hour and I just couldn't put her down and mostly I was crying from grief but there were also a few tears of triumph because she never let me hold her like that when she was alive so kind of kind of won that round with her uh, well you didn't know her uh, if you knew her, you wouldn't judge. Um, the, um, I wish, uh, I know you'd love it if I went through each of those five deaths individually, but I'm going to skip ahead. Uh, to the last one, uh, was the last kitty, um, and that was a year ago, January. And this kitty I got when she was just a couple weeks old, and she was 19 when she died. So I had her most of my adult life. And I don't know if it was that or what, but her, even though I'd been through it with the other pets, her death hit me really hard. And I think it was at least a couple of weeks after she died before I could even bring myself to go through her belongings. <laughs> but I finally did go into her section of the closet and I found a letter with my name on it and I'm just gonna read it <laughs> right quick uh, hmm. um, dear Martha I'm sorry to bum you out but if you found this letter it means I've died please take comfort in the fact that I'm no longer suffering and know that if there is an afterlife I will try to find you there in regards to selling my affairs here on earth there's something you should know the other day I overheard you speaking to a vet on the phone about in-home euthanasia and I misunderstood the nature of the call. I knew that I was on the decline but I still thought for a moment that you were making plans to kill the dog as sort of a make-a-wish foundation gift to me. <laughs> so I rented a party bus with your credit card. I hope... I apologize for the inconvenience. I hope this won't prevent you from carrying out my dying wish. I know you plan to have me cremated, so if it's not too much, too much trouble when you get my ashes back, could you please throw them in the dog's face? <laughs> that seems a little mean. Um, I'm sorry to say that... Um, that was a lie, my cat didn't write that letter. Um, <laughs> however, if she could have held a pencil, she would have written it because she fucking hated the dog. And 
It's so great if you can, if you live somewhere where you can have two pets, the absolute cutest combination is a sweet, dumb dog who believes that she's best friends with a cat who hates her. <laughs> it's so cute. Um, and I didn't really know how much my dog was missing the cat until I brought home a new kitten and um, she, now they're best friends and it's genuine on both sides. Um, and I love this new cat, but he's, um, he's a little bit crazy. He was, came out of the wild and uh, <laughs> he attacks me all the time. And um, so I'm trying to find some tiny martini glasses for him because I would never hurt an animal, but when he bites and scratches me, it really hurts. And I, I want him to know that he's being a dick. And uh, it feels like the best way to get that message across would be to just um, throw a tiny drink in his face. <laughs> so I'm gonna, that's pretty. Um, I'm kind of a new animal rights activist. Um, I haven't joined PETA, but I stopped eating meat, and I bring up the movie Blackfish at the drop of a hat. And if you haven't seen it, it's about a killer whale at SeaWorld named Tillicum who attacked and killed his trainer in 2012. And that's how the documentary starts. And then they examine his whole life in captivity, and um, he's killed two people before that trainer and then they look at um, killer whales in captivity overall, and there's another one at a different park that killed its trainer, and then there's like a couple dozen of these whales that have attacked and injured their, trailer, their trainers, and um, SeaWorld has been around for more than 50 years, and it just seems to me at this point it should be really obvious we need to stop letting these whales pursue careers in show business because they're super unprofessional. Um, the saddest part of that whole um, tragedy of Tillicum and stuff is that he died a few weeks after Christmas. SeaWorld um, released a statement, and they had released a video a few months ago saying that he had an infection and that he probably didn't have long to live. And this, it's so sad because he was a whale that was captured from the wild when he was a baby and he lived his whole life in captivity. And they, like, they knew that he was gonna die and it just seems to me like the humane thing to have done would have been to just let him eat one more person before he died because the, those were clearly the happiest times of his life. Um, I'm gonna wrap it up with a quickie. I don't really, I don't really have quickies. They all have really long setups, but I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to speed it up. Um, my birthday was February 24th and um, I am uh, middle-aged, and uh, don't be scared if you're, I know a lot of you are young, um, you're gonna get old real quick. That's just how, <laughs> that's how life is, but it's nothing to be afraid of, because the good news is um, we all die and we don't have to live in this terrible world anymore, but um, that's to look on the bright side. Um, a lot of women in LA kind of feel bad about getting older once they hit 40 and um but I realize like I'm actually becoming more excited about it each year because I realize that I'm turning into a cougar and I'm not um gross about it like I don't hang out at high school football games or anything but um sometimes it is really fun to just get dressed up on a weekend and go out and hide behind a giant boulder and jump out at some hikers. <laughs> That's how we do. Thanks, you guys have been delightful. I appreciate it. Thanks. Martha Kelly! Man, I've been worried about getting older since I turned 30. I mean 22. Mm, you guys stopped liking me. That's okay. <laughs> That's fair. That usually happens around now. Um, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not scared that I'm uh, 
that I'm, uh, or I don't feel like I'm, I'm turning into a cougar, but I do feel like I'm turning into a witch. <laughs> My therapist recently, I walked in and she was like, ooh, you look like a witch. <laughs> and I was like, somebody just got a raise. <laughs> And I meant the possums that do my hair. Because <laughs> I'm a witch! Um, I, uh, I do feel like I'm having problems. Uh, uh, we talked a little about politics and a little about dating. Let's talk about it all as one thing. Um, I, as a person who is attracted to men <coughs> conceptually, <laughs> I'm having a hard time since the election being okay with that. Like, I, like, I, like I want to be with them, but I don't want to be with them. <laughs> you know, because, uh, because basically the Voltron of all of the worst men ever, like the terrible boyfriend, the shitty dad, the shitty boss, got elected president. <laughs> all the men that I, my whole life I'd walk away from being like, well, you know what? Something bad's going to happen to you someday. <laughs> no! No, they get to be president. <laughs> So now I have a hard time, like, having a, a kind, loving, or, like, angry loving, like, <laughs> relationship with them. I think partly, like, I can't even get to flirting, or, like, I, I can't even see, like, like, a relationship, like, the idea of a man coming home and being like, oh, my God, somebody let me go ahead of them in line at the coffee shop today. Like, for sure my response would be like, oh, did something good happen for you, man? <laughs> oh, wow. So hard. Oh, did fortune smile upon a man? What I'm saying is I'm such a catch. And I know that's not right, and I'm hoping to like get over it because, you know, while while men as a group are what's wrong with the world, men as individuals are lovely people and you smell good to me. But stay the fuck away from me. Just kidding, don't. No, do! <laughs> oh, women, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> trying to get this. I'm not even going to get it higher. Um, I'm just going to bring out your final comic. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're going to love him. I do. Please put your hands together for Henry Phillips. Hey, thanks, everybody. You guys feeling good? Am I? Shit. Um, I had to go to a wedding uh, for a buddy of mine recently, which sucked, obviously. I don't know if anybody's wedding people. I'm sure if you had a wedding, yours, uh, well, yours probably sucked too, but uh, this one was really bad. And, but the only thing that happened that made the whole thing worthwhile to me is I got to witness what I think is the most hilariously awkward conversation that's ever happened. And I want to recreate it for you right now. This was over by the bar area. And one guy sees another guy, and this is exactly what he says. He goes, hey, man, hey, I thought you died. <laughs> and the other guy's like, you thought I died? And this guy's like, yeah, I think, like, your brother told me you died or something. <laughs> and then this guy goes, my brother died. I told you that. It's <laughs> hilarious. I was, like, pulling up a chair going, I got to see how this ends. And so then this guy goes... Oh, maybe that was it. Yeah. Well, shit, man. I'm glad you're alive, you know? <laughs> he walked away, and I was like, that was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I thought that was awesome. So uh, I'm actually, uh, I, I do music. I don't know if anybody's into music. Um, nah. <laughs> this is a cheap question, but uh, I had an album that came out a couple years ago called Let's Get Suicidal, and it was a holiday album, and... Uh, but uh, I was doing an interview for it uh, to promote it, and um, the guy asked me, like, what are your two favorite things? And I was like, cooking and masturbating. And I don't know what the second thing would be, uh, but that's neither here nor there. But, uh, I, uh, but I've always liked to say that music is like my drug, you know? Dr music is drugs for me. I know for you guys it's uh, like cocaine or whatever. Like, uh, <laughs> And don't get me wrong, I do all that shit also. I just think that music's good. Um, I'm actually from Los Angeles. Is anybody else from L.A.? Yeah, and it, it's, it's ironic, because I think that, because I travel for a living, I think everybody thinks that in L.A., everybody's like sleeping their way to the top, 
And I always felt like I was just like masturbating my way to the bottom for whatever reason. And, uh, but I've always had the worst luck when it comes to meeting new people. And this is a true story. I was at the bank and there was, uh, there was a girl in front of me and the line and I had to sneeze really bad. And I didn't want to sneeze all over so I tried to hold it in. And I don't know if anybody's had this when you try to hold in a sneeze. I don't know how I did this, but somehow I wound up making the sneeze noise. But at the last minute, the sneeze part just like pulled out for no reason. So I was behind her and I just kind of made a noise like this where I was like. (laughs) 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 Ah, like that, right? So it's like, I think it would have been better if I just sneezed because that's not a sound you want to hear this guy making behind you when you're at the fucking bank. But uh, nothing happened with her. And uh, this one's even worse. And this one happened to me. I was in uh, Las Vegas and I was checking into my hotel room. Uh, And then I I go into the elevator and there was, again, there's like a lady I was trying to talk to and it wasn't going anywhere. And there's a couple other people. And when I got to my floor, I didn't know if I was supposed to go right or left, but I just wanted to get out of there and make a clean exit. So I was like, well, maybe I'll just go left and I'll figure it out later or whatever. So I get to my floor and I was like, all right, cool. Well, you have a good one and maybe I'll see you, you know, in the casino or whatever. And I went out and I went left, but there's just a wall right here. And I was like, oh, shit. But I didn't think anybody could see, so I thought, well, maybe what I'll do, I'm just going to kind of like just stand here and hide up against the wall just for a second and wait for the doors to close so that way nobody can tell that I fucked up, right? So I was just like standing here hiding against this wall waiting, and the doors aren't closing for fucking ever. And But while I was standing there, I looked across, and they've got a giant mirror. <laughs> And I could see everybody, and they're just staring at me, and I'm just standing here hiding against this wall. I didn't know what to say. I was like, uh, oh, hey. And then the doors closed right at that moment, so that's the last thing anybody saw. And I was like, oh, man. I don't think that happens to normal people ever, right? Like, I don't even know what what that's all about. I should have just been like, oh, sorry. Instead, I turned into this whole awkward world of shit. Um... I have, uh, have you ever had this where you laugh at something that happened like hours ago, but it, like totally out of context? I had that I was flying recently and there was, uh, I listened to like uh, static, you know, so I can sleep when I'm on the plane. And I thought of something that happened hours ago and I laughed. It must have been pretty loud too. I was like, <laughs> and then a bunch of people like looked around. But then when they saw the earbuds, they must have been like, oh, he's probably listening to like some funny podcast or whatever. But if they could have heard what was going on in my ear, it's just like, they'd be like, that's not funny at all. You're out of your mind. Um, I recently was reading uh, that apparently the demographic that's the least likely to have frequent urination problems is... uh, teenage boys, uh, which helped me a lot because when I get on the plane, I like to sleep and it sucks when somebody has to go to the bathroom if you're on the aisle because then you have to wake up. So when I get on there, I asked uh, the flight attendant and I was like, hey, uh, (laughs) is there any way you can sit me next to a teenage boy? Um, Where are the teenage boys hanging out? Because I want to sit with them next to me if that's fine. It's a bathroom thing, believe me. Um, and they didn't, they didn't know what I was talking about, but, um, all right. Uh, I'm going to leave you guys with this story. And, uh, this is, uh, I think it's, if there's any, uh, aspiring comedians out there, I'm sure every single one of you guys, but, um, this is just, I think it's really important when you're a comedian and you make a reference to a geographical location, how important it is that everybody at least knows that that's a real place. And this is a true story. I was at the, uh, I was at a place called Point Magoo. Has anybody been to Point Magoo? It's up north on the coast, like an hour and a half north or whatever, and it's a Navy base, and, it, and it's right on the beach, and I was doing a show at a bar there, and I, I did, I, you know, it's a bar, everybody's drunk, and I made this joke that's so dumb. I'm, I'm almost embarrassed that I have to say the joke, but I have to in order to tell you the story, so bear with me. But my joke was, I thought it was a funny name, Point Magoo, so I was like, I was like, hey, everybody, I was just um, having sex on the beach right here at Point Magoo, and I didn't want to get the girl pregnant 
So I had to point Magoo at her tits. I right? know, <laughs> so stupid. Sorry. Um, but uh, apparently, one of, my, one of my friends was at the show, and I guess the next day, she was trying to tell her boyfriend that joke, but she couldn't remember the name Point Magoo. So in retelling it, she had to, like, sort of make it up, like, she, just, like, improvise. And she was like... How did it go? He said he was at some Navy base on the beach or something. And the beach was called, like, aim or something like that. And he was like, I didn't want to get her pregnant, so I had to aim at her tits. But apparently her boyfriend, he was, for one thing, he was, like, in the Navy, and he was even from that whole area. So he's listening to this joke, and he's like, there's, there's no Navy base called aim stupid. You can't just... That's, this is the worst comedian I've ever heard. Can't just make up a funny name and then work a joke backwards from that. That's dumb. Who is this asshole? And she's like, Henry Phillips or whatever. So it made me look like an asshole. And uh, I don't know. I guess the reason that story's always been so, um, I don't know, what would you say, beautiful uh, to me is just uh, pretty much it, it lets me close my show with the Point Magoo joke. That was really the only point of that story. <laughs> Thanks for letting me be a part of this great show, and everybody have a great night. Thank you very much. <laughs> Henry Phillips! Oh, give it up for all the comics you saw tonight. It's been a great audience. Have a good night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.